Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth, presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest is National Cattlemen's Beef Association President-Elect and South Dakota cattle producer Todd Wilkinson. We'll hear from him after this. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit KimballLivestockExchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605-778-6211, chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801. Wilkinson says competition in the beef industry and the dominance of the big four packers continues to be an area of concern for cattle producers in the United States. But, he says, part of the solution to packer concentration is beginning to take shape. It's additional shackle space that's that's coming in. You know, we don't really need it to come from the big four. We need it to come from the midsize and the smaller uh, packing facilities. And you're seeing that. All across the country, there are new facilities being built. And what that's going to do is cause increased competition. And it's going to put us, I mean us as a cow-calf guy, it's going to put us in a great position. So instead of funneling all of that product down through a, a very narrow funnel, suddenly we're expanding it a bit. And the other uh, factor is, you know, the cow herd's down. And we're putting ourselves in the driver's seat for a change. So instead of uh, the Packers dictating to us what they're going to pay, we get to come back to maybe 2014 and 15 and say, hey, we've got the product. You guys need to pay up. I think that's awesome news for uh, the cattle producers across the United States because suddenly we're in the driver's seat. And I see that getting better and better with these new plants coming on board you know we're going to have several more next year and then the following year as that shackle space increases suddenly there's more competition the nation's cattle herd size uh, are we staying steady or are we uh, is the numbers more but or the numbers steady but more quality what are we seeing as far as that growing supply before it hits the shackle space yeah, well, un- unfortunately, drought's been hard in, on the cow herd across the country, and we're probably down 800,000 uh, animals uh, across the country. And, you know, all you have to do is look at the historical trends of the cow herd. It tends to cycle every six, seven years, uh, goes up and goes down. And because of that, uh, market competition goes up and down with that. So we're in a rebuilding phase, which is great for the cow-calf and the purebred guys because you're going to start seeing more and more uh, heifer development, more and more replacements coming back into the herds. The cow herd's going to be growing. And it, it's just uh, tragic that it came on the, on the heels of drought, and not just in uh, small areas of the United States, major drought a- across the country. So there's been a significant herd reduction. Traceability, um, finding, knowing, it's a different level of knowing where our food comes from. What are the concerns right now out there for NCBA and and your membership? I think the big concern is that we need to be able to trace where an animal came from for animal disease purposes. You know, all we have to do is look at pork or poultry and realize what they have faced from epidemics that have come into the United States. And 
that is just a matter of when, when it happens on the beef side, whether it's uh, foot and mouth or some other disease, that that is going to hit us. And unless we have moved our programs to where they're at the speed of commerce, we're going to have major sections of the industry shut down. I don't know if a lot of producers realize USDA's plan, if we have a foot and mouth outbreak, is to stop all cattle movement for 72 hours. So that would make a whole complaint fire look like a cakewalk because you stop all cattle movement across the country for 72 hours, we would just have a disaster in, in our marketing situation. So how do we address that? That electronic identification, and I'm talking voluntary programs, that is going to be critical because it, to me, it's like me buying insurance policy in my pickup. I'm going to, I'm going to be ensuring that my cattle are not going to get put under quarantine for a long period of time. They're going to be able to certify my herd as disease-free, and I'm going to be able to continue to market my operation. Whereas if I'm still having to go through the paper trail and it's taking days to clear this, we're, we're facing economic uh, disaster. You know, all of our Asian markets shut down if we have a, a disease outbreak like that. We need to be able to respond with, with the speed of what technology now offers. And that's almost in instantaneous to be able to trace back that animal, show your herd is, is free, and move forward with your operation. Part of traceability includes, of course, the logistics aspects uh, because cattle move, they trade, they they get sold, they move from you know f farm to feedlot to to the packing situation. Logistics, trucking, movement. How's that looking right now for uh, the cattle industry? Well, it's a little difficult right now, as you can well imagine. Uh, we don't have quite the the problem that our corn and beef producers do in terms of of the the freight by by sea or by river but we have a problem by rail you know all of our feed inputs come from that form and if we have a rail strike or if we continue to see the rivers and, and barge traffic limited on that it's going to input it's going to affect our input costs and it's already difficult when i'm buying corn uh, to make a break break even out there if you have to add additional cost on it and then you top it off with whoever made the decision to reduce our uh, petroleum reserves down to, to next to nothing. We're suddenly faced with uh, diesel shortages. And, and what a time to have that happen. You know, when people play politics with, with uh, something as important as our national petroleum reserve, it's going to backfire. And now we're seeing that backfire. Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, AeroQuip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. AeroQuip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota. You mentioned uh, the feed coming in, but as far as moving the, the cattle, and you mentioned diesel prices, um, and our truckers are a key piece of, of that. Is that part of the logistics and traceability chain? Are they there? Are, are, 
is there enough of a fleet out there to move our cattle where we need them to? Well, assuming everything's functioning on all cylinders, it is. But when you have one component of that that's failing for whatever reason, the other issue we're faced with is electronic logging again. We've only got an exemption for a short period of time now. And if we don't get an extension on that, suddenly, the you know, my ca- cattle are a perishable commodity. And people just don't understand. You can't put cattle on the side of a road while somebody rests for eight hours. And, you know, if I'm bringing in cattle from Montana, uh, they, need to get, they need to get to South Dakota. And uh, if I have to add another eight hours on there, I'm, I'm shrinking that animal. It's not good for their health. You take all of those factors... And suddenly we have a logistic nightmare. So, you know, these aren't things that the producer asked for. These aren't things that the producer has any control over. But that's how I feel my role as NCBA is important because we can go in and fight for the producer. And that's what we need to do. You bring up a great point. Coming back to membership in an organization such as NCBA, you know, uh, some folks may think, you know, uh, why or why spend the money or what do they do for me? But membership is is a way to support folks like you that will take the time and make the effort to get out and advocate for those folks while they're boots on the ground feeding their cattle. Yeah, you know, I was uh, raised by a Marine Corps Master Sergeant, and he he, uh, told all of us kids uh, pretty clearly, you better put up or shut up. And so we were taught uh, from an early age to be prepared to fight for what we believe in and be an advocate for the industries that we're involved in. And I think that's the message to the producer out there. If you want, if you want to complain uh, about things and you want to have no impact, then go down to the coffee shop and just complain because that's, that's all you're going to co- accomplish is talking to your buddies and complaining. If you really want to get involved in something and move the needle, then you need to get involved in an organization that's going to make a difference. And I'm here to tell you that I've been involved in NCBA for a long time. This organization moves the needle, and we're not afraid to throw a punch, and that's what's needed out there. With Agriculture In-Depth, brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.